Welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. Stephen, Stephen, I'm paralysed. I've just done a customer survey and I can't do anything. There's nothing actionable. I've got paralysis by analysis. So, so very many people do, Greg. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's why not allowing paralysis by analysis is number three in our list of the top 10 traits um, that, that world-class customer experience companies uh, possess not being paralysed uh, by too much analysis. How much do you find this happens with clients? I find it really is a very mixed bag and it probably reflects the culture within the organisation. And sometimes what I find really interesting is it's probably more dominant in those that are really into the research because the excitement of the data, the numbers and things like that, those that are keenness, often the ones that are more paralysed than those who are saying, oh, right, we've done a survey, let's get on with it now. Yeah, I was having a little think about this and, and sort of, you know, who, where have I seen it, where have I not seen it? Obviously, we're not going to name names, but um, there, there, I think there are a couple of interesting trends. I don't know rules, but one thing I think is that business-to-business organisations are less prone to this. Um, the people we're talking to are often not researchers. Um, the, the, the more the kind of decision makers, you're often, or more often, sort of uh, sharing reports and, and results to the board. And I think they end up being, sometimes they take a bit of convincing, they can be a bit skeptical, a bit, yeah. oh, I'm not sure about this. And once you, but once you've sold it to them, they just make a decision and go with it. And they're okay, this is what we need to do. You've told us what the priorities for improvement are, we'll do something about those. And you leave feeling that you're going to come back the next year and stuff will have happened. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's a really good sense of feeling you get when 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 you do that. And I think partly because they either don't want to or haven't got the time or the energy to get into the research, mm. they draw the conclusions very quickly. For, you know, you know, from it, uh, and there's always the reverse danger that the wrong conclusions are drawn from it. Hopefully, in our job, we're we're helping people draw draw the right conclusions um, from it. I think one of the main areas where I see the danger of paralysis by analysis, there's certainly one around league tables and benchmarking league tables. I have the word benchmarking <laughs> written down here, underlined and highlighted. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on, you talk about benchmarking then. I just think, for me, benchmarking, it's about sort of navel-gazing and it's about feeling good about ourselves. It's not, a, not about change. It's about reassuring ourselves that we're okay where we are. Um, that's a little bit unfair, but but I think beyond just a, a point of... So two things benchmarking does that are useful. One, it gives you a context to understand what does this score mean? And two, it maybe gives you a pointer to who's doing it well and maybe what they're doing. Um, I'm going to invent the perfect league table because it'll place everyone just above average, probably a third of the way down, because that's where everyone wants to be on a league table. We're better than average, but we've got stuff to go at. Good mm -hmm. to great, good to great. Yeah, very true. Um, and yeah, I mean, we don't need to rant about benchmarking. I'm sure we'll do that in some future podcasts. And I think and the other thing that, that I've noted as, as, as a sort of a danger area for, for this kind of paralysis by analysis is consumer organisations often have a monthly tracking survey or quarterly tracking survey, and that's great. You know, regular sort of heartbeat of the business from a customer's point of view. But... I think it's, it's a real 
danger if people start choosing their priorities for improvement every month. Uh, because I don't think you can get very much done in the space Absolutely. between one monthly survey and the next. Uh, and I think probably retail as a sector is, is particularly prone to this, a kind of the frantically running around attacking the latest thing, um, the score that dropped last month, rather than really bottoming out something that's kind of a long-term persistent problem for customers. Yeah, I, I've worked with a client who very much sort of was starting to feel that his, that his, his senior team were just following the number the meetings every month, oh, what's the number? Oh, mm -hmm. what's the number? And we never did it. It would have been fun to have done because he flirted with the idea of saying, don't turn up with a number this month, Greg. Just turn up with all the customer comments mm -hmm. and put them on the table and let's see where the, where the meeting goes then because the number is a distraction from doing things, um, which I thought was a really sort of quite an enlightened, enlightened way to do it. I think just going back, my other thing about where I see paralysis by analysis is it's if people are trying to find that, that, that silver bullet. Well, if we cut it by this way and let's just do one more data cut because it might be that it's the newer customers or the larger customers. And I think one of the things I've learned doing this job is customer segmentation. It is very useful to a business, but actually most customers receive the same service, they pretty much want the same, and the areas that they're happy in, they're all happy in, the areas that they're unhappy in, they're all unhappy in, and mm -hmm. really getting into some very highly segment things very rarely brings out anything that's unique or, or, or different to the aggregated to the aggregated findings. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, for me, I think maybe paralysis by analysis is slightly the wrong sort of term almost. It, because what I see more often is paralysis by debate. <laughs> um, and it's, in some ways, I think you've got two options. You can either, if you've got a theory about, about you know, why is the score going down, why is the score going down, whatever. If you've got a theory, you either need to test it to go and find the data yeah. that will address that or collect some new data or design an experiment to test it or just make a decision. And, it, and I think a business has to do one or the other. What you can't, well, what gets you nowhere is debating it round in circles. Oh, I think this and I think this yeah. and you think that. Uh, yeah. And that's where you get stuck, I think. And, and particularly where you've got comments coming out of a survey like this, because, you know, yes, we'll do a nice robust survey. There'll be a nice normal distribution curve, but there'll be the people at the extremes there. And inevitably, a customer will have said a comment that backs up my little theory. Mm. So I've very often see, just as you're explaining there, people latching on to this one customer comment that, that justifies and verifies my own feeling rather than saying, okay, that's only one out of 200 customers. The majority think this, let's go, you know, let, let's go with that. And I think one of the things that really is good in terms of countering paralysis by analysis is um, if the purpose of that results presentation is we're coming out with an action plan and there's someone really senior in the room who lets the debate go on for a little bit but then quickly draws it, so what are we going to do? So what are we going to do about it? Yeah, and I think you know, probably a related point to that is I think it's quite important to allow people to challenge and ask questions. So we certainly need the buy-in. Yeah, you know, we're not saying you just accept everything we've said, you know, it, 
I sort of think in, in principle, you know, one round of challenge is is sensible and fair, and that isn't paralysis by analysis. That's that's sensibly addressing that's a load of questions yeah. and make sure yeah. you understand. Uh, and that's something I, th- I thought was was really good in the enterprise rent a car case study from kind of back in in Harvard Business Review in the nineties. That that idea that you know we, we've in, implemented this new way of doing customer satisfaction and and base it into all the bonus and reward and so on, and we'll give everyone in the organization, you know, the opportunity to challenge this new process and ask questions and make sure it's fair, but then it's done. That's it. You know, that, that isn't an ongoing process of challenge. We establish the system that it's going to be and then do it. And I think similarly with a survey, you know, ask the questions, let's check the data, let's, let's see if it is about small customers versus large customers or, or whatever, but then that's done and let's move on to actually, you know, taking yeah. action. And, and I think one of the things that often comes out is sometimes the research is interesting because it doesn't show anything as we are as researchers and as some of our clients are who researchers there's nothing more exciting than finding something that does make a difference and you can make that big point hey look it's different for these people because Mm -hmm. and that's a wonderful feeling and you really feel you've done a great bit of research when you can find something but equally interesting and perhaps more useful or certainly as useful is saying do you know what we looked here and there's no difference mm-hmm. we looked here and no difference so that's still learnings even if the learnings yeah. aren't quite as exciting or sexy as finding as finding a difference going back to the, the idea of tracking surveys and mon- monthly reporting one of the things that that i think all of the client managers here have reinvented with their own clients at some point is is a kind of stuff we already know slide um, because it's very easy to get trapped into every month reporting the same. We, we, we've proved this month after month after month. Let's after not month. debate it again, so should like, we not? Can we just have a sort of, <laughs> we, we have established this truth and this truth and this truth. Yeah, true. And particularly sometimes we're at, at the monthly meetings, there's, a, there's the audience, whilst meant to be set, different people turn up and they, you know, it's a bit like missing an episode Ooh, of the soap opera. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes we've seen that, we've heard yeah. that story. So the thing which really is good then is if you do stuff, you make a difference. And in the next episode, um, list number four, we'll focus on priorities for improvement because one of the things we've found is you don't want to do everything as a result of a survey. You really want to do some priorities for improvement. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, If you're using iTunes, please subscribe, rate and review us. Uh, And if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter at TLF Research or at tlfresearch.com. Can I move now, Stephen? Yeah. <laughs>